Everybody obeyed the Lord tonight? If you have, say amen. Well, that's awful weak. If you've obeyed the Lord, say amen. Good, that's a little better. Genesis chapter number 39. As we have been looking at this thought of the life of Joseph, God meant it for good. Sometimes we face things in life and it's really hard for us at the moment to see the good in it. I believe there's some things down the road a bit, God lets us look back and we say, wow, well, God was good. I see God there. I believe there'll be some things we won't see the good in it till we see Him face to face and we have the mind of Christ. So by, until then, we have to take this thing on faith and believe God meant it for good. That's what Joseph did. Last we began this series on entering the hero. Of course, we said then the hero of the story was not Joseph. The hero of the story is God. Amen. Last week, we looked at this thought. Do you know why you were born? And this Tonight, with the help of God in chapter 39, we want to look at this question. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? And no doubt somebody would stand up and say, Preacher, you've known me a long time. You know who I am. Well, I might know who I think you are. There's some people, I think I know how they are, what they are, all they are. But the truth of the matter is, God knows who we are. But that's not the real question. The real question is, do you know who you are? Chapter number 39, the Bible says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt in a Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had bought him down thither. And I want you, if you're accustomed to marking your Bible, boy, this is a good little phrase you want to mark. You, You find it several times here. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight. And he served him and made him overseer over his house. And all that he had, he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not all he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person. What goodly just means he was a handsome dude. Goodly person and well favored. And it came to pass after these things 
that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. And he refused, and said unto his master's wife, Now this is, this is where the message is going to come from, and this is what the, the truth I want you to get tonight. Behold, my master wroteth not what is with me in the house. He hath committed all that is he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Do you know who you are? Let's go to the throne of grace and ask the Lord to help us here. Jimmy Drum, how about you praying, buddy? Amen. Tim Tebow said one time, the world looks at me as a football player who is a Christian. But I look at the world and say, I'm a Christian who happens to play football. On one occasion, the plant president of the company came and, and said, uh, Mr. Steins, I, I hear you're a part-time preacher. I said, no, sir. I'm a part-time furniture worker. I'm a full-time preacher. And he looked at me and he said, good answer. Truth of the matter is, until you know who you are, you'll never really know where you fit and how you fit. We saw our hero the last time of this story, or Joseph, if you will, the last time of this story. He'd been betrayed by his brothers. He sold to desert traders, the Ishmaelites, and they take him down to Egypt. And of course, he sold into Potiphar's house. Potiphar was over Pharaoh's security detail, if you will. It's amazing. He's a slave from home. He's been abandoned. He's been betrayed. His daddy thinks he's dead. As a matter of fact, when you get to Genesis 39, his future looks very bleak. Not much promise here in chapter number 39. I thought it was interesting that when you get to here, the Lord throws in this little phrase. And it may be what gives this whole story hope, if you will. And what will give you hope tonight. And that is this. And the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord was with him. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. And it blesses my heart to know in. That regardless of the circumstances. Life hands us at times. It doesn't move the Lord any. They sold him as a slave, but God didn't quit being God. They betrayed him, but God didn't quit being God. He sold to Potiphar as a slave, but God didn't quit being God. Aren't you glad God doesn't quit being God? Amen. 
Everybody else may turn and, and do this and do that. But God never does stop being God. And that blesses my soul to no end. And the Lord was with Joseph. Now something we notice here, and that is this, that everything Joseph touches turns to gold. And in this story, he begins to face something that is so monumental. Uh, Potiphar's wife. I mean, there's no, there's no other way to tell the story. She looked at Joseph and said, Man, he's a handsome feller. He's young, he's strong. And she tries to seduce him. And, and literally... This, this ideal of sexual temptation is, uh, is monumental in this story. And uh, C.S. Lewis said this, No man knows how bad he is until he has tried to be good. I believe that's so true. And so we find that temptation shows up in the most unusual place. I, I love this statement. Somebody said this about temptation. Temptation is the inner urge to do wrong that hits us in the place of our own personal weakness. Now, tonight, let me just be very sincere. Young people, are you listening? Every person here, every man, every woman, every young man, young woman has a weakness of some kind. Every person has a weakness. And what we need to understand is this. Satan will study us for years to pinpoint that weakness. Uh, This is not the message. But Samson had a woman problem. He had a woman problem. You read the story of Samson. And so, whenever Satan came to destroy Samson, he didn't come with an offer of money or wealth. He didn't come with something that wasn't his weakness, but he came with a Delilah because he studied him and knew his weakness. But in this story, there's five principles that I want to leave you tonight. I hope you'll listen. You'd be amazed that I have pastored long enough now that I have watched all of these five principles play out in people's lives. Tonight I'm not preaching something I think is a good message, but I'm preaching something that I know to be true. I've seen it play out in individuals' lives down through the years. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there had no temptation taken you but such is common to man. Can I, let me just, let me just throw a, a wrench into your thinking right now. Are you listening? Your temptation's not the exception. Well, a preacher mind's a little different than everybody else's. That's, that's a lie. Your temptation is no different. The Bible said there had no 
temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. Hallelujah. There is again who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation. Let me just throw another wrench in there. Nowhere do I find in the Bible that God takes temptation away. But he says this, he will with the temptation make a way to escape. Amen? That you may be able to bear it. So there's no excuse. There's no crutch. He, he, this one verse, he takes all of our excuses, all of our reasoning, all of our thinking, and, and just throws it all out the window and said there's no excuse for it. Five principles here tonight. Principle number one. When things go well, be on guard. Potiphar buys Joseph. And it's not long that everywhere you saw Potiphar, this Egyptian, Joseph was by his side. Everything, everything, Joseph touched, turned to gold. Everything he did, God blessed. Everything that Potiphar had increased. Everything that Potiphar did, done better. Everything that had something to do with Joseph and his household, as a matter of fact, there is no evidence here that, that my goodness, everything Joseph touched in that house got better. I'm not even so sure the dead flowers didn't bloom when he walked by and touched them. Amen. Everything he done was prospering and growing and, and doing. And everywhere he went, Joseph was beside Potiphar. Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. So don't miss principle number one. It's not in your poverty that you'll stumble. It's in your prosperity you'll stumble. I remember reading a story of a young, of a man that comes to a pastor and said, we're just we're just so struggling. And by the way, by the way, you take this to the bank. This will be extra. As long as individuals rob God of His tithe, they'll always struggle. Financially, your business, whatever, He'll always struggle. He'll never be blessed. He'll be cursed, as a matter of fact, the Bible says. And, and this young family come to the pastor and said, Pastor, Said, we just can't get ahead no matter what we do. Pastor set him down and said, here's what, here's the principle. Here's what you need to do. So he started doing that. And sure enough, sure enough, it wasn't long he got a raise on the job. And it wasn't long till he got making more money. And he started taking that money and using it and for long. He was not just making a little bit of money. He was making a whole lot of money. And... Uh, and pretty soon, he became very prosperous. And one of the things that happened was this. 
He came to the pastor and he said, Pastor, he said, I got a problem. He said, when I, when I first come to you, my tithe was, was just a little bit of money. He said, now my, my tithe is, is a big amount of money. He said, reckon what I ought to do? He said, well, would you like me to pray that God makes you poverty stricken? He said, oh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. But this same man, this same man, because he said, you know, my tithe is so much, I, I just can't see doing that. So he gets out of church. And before long, his marriage is shot, his family's shot. I would to God, I could get some of you to believe this great truth. There are folks sitting in our Baptist churches that believe, boy, if I could just win the lottery. I've had people to call me. Pastor, would you pray I'll win the lottery? I love this. We'll pay off the church. And I asked him, I said, are you honest with God now? And if you're not going to be honest with a dollar, you wouldn't be honest if you got a million. Amen. Hey, can I, can I tell you a little secret? Can I tell you a little secret? We've had a man in our church has won two lotteries. He won the first lottery in quit church. Last time I seen him, his wife's left him, his youngest won't talk to him, and his life is in a literal shamble. And the most miserable human being I've ever talked to in my life. He won two lotteries. What you need to understand is this. When you are prosperous, you better be on guard. Two things about this story. Number one, lost people are not stupid. The Bible says, and the master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Potiphar is not a stupid man. Potiphar had not, he's not, lost people are not stupid, amen. They're lost in their sins, but even in their spiritual confusion, they can see the hand of God at work in a believer's life. I've shared this many times, but we got some new people, and they need to hear this story. When we started building this building, Christians would come by, Christian folks would come by and say, Preacher, are you sure you know what you're doing? Boy, the economy's bad. And I just tell you, are you sure you know what you're doing? They'd have me all to pieces before, before they left. They'd have me worried and everything else. Lost people in the community would stop in and say, Man, is God working around here? We might come here when you get this thing built. I had to happen so many times. I started getting glad to see. I started getting glad to see them lost people and them Christians. I started dodging them. Amen. You know why? Because I, in your prosperity, and, and don't miss this, Potiphar saw the hand of God on his work. Now, Solar Rock Baptist Church, hey, young people, are you just listening to me or are you just looking at something? Look, let's look this way. You know what bothers me? Lost people drive by our church and see the hand of God on it. But some of us sitting inside the church, we've gotten used to it. We don't see it no more. We've gotten accustomed to it. 
God meets with us every week. We we used to it. Amen. How many of you sense the sweet spirit ruined the service tonight already? That we just how many of you sense that? Can, can I help you? Let's not get used to that. You know what? You know what that means? That means, Holy Spirit of God, we, we welcome you. You're honored. We appreciate you being here. And we're going to let you have liberty in our life. And what happens is, in our prosperity, if we're not careful, that's when you've got to be on guard. Second, there's no contradiction between God's blessing and our temptations. We're, we're more likely to be tempted when things are going well. When we're enjoying God's blessings. Because what happens is, and, and let me say this, we, we, have this, we have this crazy ideal that if I got plenty of money and, and everybody's well and, 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 and nobody can give me a hassle on the job and that, that everything's going well, that I'm being blessed. All for us to wake up and realize when our eyes woke up this morning, we were blessed. When we had air to breathe this morning, we were blessed. How many of you thumbed the church? Then you're blessed. Do you hear what I said? How many of you had to do without something to eat? Not because you was too lazy to fix it or it wasn't chicken nuggets with what you wanted. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you didn't have no food in the cabinet to eat whatsoever. We're blessed. And in the midst of our blessing, if we're not careful, there's no contradiction between God's blessing and our temptation. When everything's going well, when you got the world by the tail, when you just got a promotion, when your popularity's never been higher, when your dreams start to come true, that's the moment. That's the moment. Things go well. Be on guard. Principle number two. When tempted, remember who you are. Come here, big boy. Come here. Come over here. Man, you, Lord, you handsome fellow, you. You know, why don't me and you slip back here in the bedroom together? Why don't you slip back in the bedroom with me? See, you don't have to be enslaved no more. You can step up in ranks and you can be my boy toy. You can... Nobody's going to know. Everybody's doing it. See, at this moment right here, it's going to decide who you are and for you to know who you are. Joseph's sitting on top of the world. He can't make a bad mistake. Everything he touches, God blesses. Everything's a going good. And here she comes. We don't even know her name. Probably called Jezebel, if you had the truth be told. But we don't even know her name. All we know is she's Potiphar's wife. That's it. She's a single married woman. Have you ever, I don't even want to answer that question. 
Verse 7 gives us her directness. He came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and she said, Lie with me. I, I was caught with something that absolutely amazes me, yet it doesn't amaze me in the day we live in. The boldness she had. She didn't beat around the bush. She didn't play hard to get. She said, come and lie with me. He's a fine looking young man. Strong. Potiphar's gone for the day. And here she is. Perhaps, and, and I love this. His answer, his answer is monumental. And he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wroteth not what is with me in the house, hath committed all that he hath to my hands. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything but thee. You don't belong to me. Hey, by the way, sir, somebody else's wife doesn't belong to you. Now that cost John the Baptist his head. If you pull out a sword, I'm running. I ain't waiting around. I ain't that good. Cost John the Baptist his head. Hey, head, you shouldn't have your brother's wife. And that jazz, that, that, that huzzy, she had his head cut off because of it. I want you to know, Joseph looks like an excellent companion. A younger man and an older woman. He said, how can I do this? Great wickedness and sin against God. She thought he didn't mean it. Perhaps she thought she could weigh him down. Perhaps he's afraid to say yes. Perhaps he's simply going to get her way. I don't know. But I love this. He was loyal to his boss. He was loyal to who hired him. Praise God. There's nothing greater in this house than I. He said, "My the master has been so good. To, he kept nothing from me. Not only that, he was loyal to his God. I need to stop here and just say this. One of the great things that we fail to understand is, well, let me just do that in the next point. Let me do that in the next point. Christians are today are under great pressure to compromise our convictions. The Supreme Court's ruling of same-sex marriage and sin of our day. It's, it's amazing. Because what it's doing is it's destroying the boundaries. God-given boundaries. Dr. Gibbs says this. He said, we, we got to get back to calling things by their Bible name, what they are. Because the truth of the matter is, we don't call it adultery no more. We just call it extramarital affairs. You know... Principle number three. Principle number one, when things go well, be on guard. Principle number two, when tempted, remember who you are. Number three, when you're tempted, act fast. Here's where I want to get to just a little bit. You cannot play this game of that gal coming to where you're on your job and talking to you every day and things not happen. Are you listening? Hey, ma'am, 
You can't talk, you can't, you can't, you, you'll not get by that fellow that comes to talk to you on that job every day, makes it a point to come and talk to you every day. Don't, don't miss this. Now, 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 don't look at me like you're stupid. We're not stupid tonight. We've all seen too much of it, have we not, in factories? We've all seen in factories. Hey, by the way, it's going to shock you, but it happens in church. Happened in church. One of the dearest preachers I, that I knew. Matter of fact, I, I believe one, probably one of the, the best preacher storytellers I ever, I ever met in my life. One of the best preachers I ever met. Just a few years ago, on Sunday night, he would stop the, the treasurer would, would, would stay over and talk to him about the business of the church. And I'm going to tell you something. That business turned into other business. And like direct, and now he's scarred for life. What I'm trying to get you to understand is when this thing comes about, when, when this thing happens, you, you, when you're tempted, you can't drag around. And she caught him by his garment saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in his hand and fled and got him out. He run. I'm telling you tonight, you can make all the list of excuses that Joseph might have given for sleeping with Potiphar's wife. While alone, he, he had every excuse in the world alone. She made me do it. No one else will know. She's in a bad marriage. I'm single and I need to. I deserve this. Everyone does it. God will understand. But I want you to know something. At the end of the day, because he knew who he was, when she said, lie with me, he run. You've got to act fast. You've got to act fast. And that's exactly what he did. It's too late. <laughs> it's going to be too late for Joseph. He's playing kissy face with her. It ain't going to work. I just need to do this, and I know some of you parents. I hope you parents do this. All you young people, don't you be, don't you park somewhere? Nobody don't know what you're doing. You say, "But preacher, we're not going." Don't you trust me? No, I don't trust him. Hormones. I don't trust. <laughs> Don't look at me like you just don't know what I'm talking about. I no, we ain't gonna trust them. Hormones and you start playing kissy face, it ain't gonna stop. Are you listening? Well, somebody needs we need to preach this mess. I'm I am i am not I'm about to throw away any young any young people. If they mess up, we're gonna love them and everything for God's sake. Let's quit doing that. And let's start doing something before they before they get there and say, hey, stop what you're doing. We don't know where our kids are at. We don't know what they're doing. We don't know who they're with. And by the way, bless God, fornication is still fornication. And that is sex outside of marriage. It's sin. It's wrong. And God will never bless it in a thousand years. See, God gave him a way out. His way out was to run. Number four. Do right, but don't expect a reward. 
Now, let me tell you what his reward was. Joseph done right. He run. Bless God. He took a stand for God. Guess what his reward's going to be? She's going to lie on him like a dog. She's going to lie on him. Listen to what she does. She makes a false accusation. And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand. Now, here's what happened. He takes off. She grabs his coat. Why can't do that? She grabs his coat. And she's got his coat. I, I think she probably got by the arm. She's got his coat. And guess what she said? Hmm. Hmm. Now, the only mistake he made was this. He should have kept his coat on. Because here's what she said. The Bible says, She called unto the men of her house, spake unto them, saying, He, Potiphar, so listen to her words. He, Potiphar, had brought in a Hebrew unto us to mock us. He, Joseph, came into me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice, lying through her teeth. Here's what she said. I cried as loud as I could. It came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. She's got the evidence in her hand. We need to get a hold of something. Doing right. Sometimes the reward's not what you think it's going to be. Sometimes you'll do right. I I was I'll never forget David called me. He drove for UPS. He drove for UPS and and they had a policy that if you had three accidents, they would terminate you. Well, one accident he did have and and uh, that was a legitimate one. A second accident Happened when he, a man pulled in behind his trailer and he couldn't see the truck and suddenly laid a hurting on it. But now the third accident, he called me about this. He was on the yard and somehow or another he bumped the corner of the trailer uh, on a fence or something or another, no damage or nothing. And he said, should I report this or not? I said, well, David, what's the right thing to do? He said, well, the right thing to do is to report it. I said, well, let's just do right. He did right, and they did fire him. Well, sometimes you do right. He wasn't rewarded. But later on, well, God turned that thing, and a lot of good came out of that. It came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice. She, that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid his, his garment by her until his Lord came home. When he walks in the door, she spake to him according to these words. The Hebrew servant which dies brought in us. It's your fault, Potiphar. It's your fault bringing this Hebrew in here. It's your fault doing all of this stuff. That's what she said. It came up to pass as I lifted up my voice and cried. He left his garment with me and fled out. 
she accused him of attempting to rape her. Number two, Joseph is unjustly in prison. It came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which he spake in her, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. Now I want you to notice something there. He got a little bit mad. Now I, need to, I want you to stop right here. Now I want you to understand this particular time and this particular law. I'm just going to give you something to think about. You can go home and you can ponder it yourself. I'm not so sure why he was mad. The next verse, he puts Joseph in prison. Do you realize he was over Potiphar's, he was over Pharaoh's security? He could have had Joseph put to death at that moment but he never why didn't he why didn't he put him to death he could have no doubt he should have if it was true let me tell you what I think I think Potiphar knew that just wasn't Joseph but he had to do something had to deal with it And Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in prison. Number one, when things go well, be on guard. Number two, when tempted, remember who you are. Number three, when you're tempted, act fast. Principle number four, don't do right, but don't expect a reward. And number five, last one, do right. God will honor you. Verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in his side, the keeper of the prison. I'm amazed everywhere he goes, everything he does. And even in prison, the, pri- the, 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 the keeper of the prison put everything in charge of Joseph. Here he is. Finding that God is going to honor him and be with him. You see, Joseph knew who he was. And that was a settled issue even as a teenager. Teenager, who are you? No. No. I didn't ask you the question, who are you sitting on a church pew? No. I said, who are you? No, not when daddy and mama's watching you. And ask that. Who are you when you're in that position where you've got to say no and you've got to leave? And even the price might be leaving that person that you think you love or you think that they love you. But you know God says no. Or you leave that situation where you know that's wrong and you don't have to guess about it. You know, I love this. Joseph's not here debating about, was this really sin or not? Let me call the pastor and say, Pastor, do you think it'd be okay if I slept with Potiphar's wife? Do you think that's a sin? You know, there's no debate about some things, is there not? You don't have to debate about drinking alcohol, smoking dope. You don't have to drink a, de- de- debate about all that stuff. We know that all that's wrong. 
It was a settled issue, even as a teenager. Who are you? Here are four great dogs to remember when you're tempted. Just don't forget who you are. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget who you are. Don't be surprised when temptation comes. Don't be deceived by persuasive voices. And don't be confused by the immediate results. If we're going to be victorious over temptation, sometimes you just got to say no. And we as Christians, we just got to say no. Here's my whole sermon in one sense. I could have just given you this sentence and not preached the sermon. Here's a sermon. If you know who you are, you can serve Christ anywhere. For years, I, 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 for years, I did not believe, I believe this, I did not believe you could be in management or supervision or, or in management positions and be a good Christian or a pastor or preacher for years. But what a grand day it was when God helped me to understand position in life does not determine who you are. You determine that between you and God. And no matter what that is, you can serve God if you choose to. If you know who you are, you can serve Christ anywhere. If you know who you are, you can serve Christ in in school, on the job, no matter where you are. Here's the question. Do you know who you are? Let's all stand to our feet.